Are we live on the show? Are we broadcasting or just setting up? Um, just doing some quick sound checks, and uh, then we'll get going. Be great. Which is just me watching the volume meter while everybody talks. So go ahead. Oh, is that is that what secretly happens? <laughs> <laughs> and here I thought you were just trying to get us to be friendly. Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 66 of The Freelancer Show. This week on our panel, we have Curtis McHale. Good morning. Eric Davis. Hello. Jeff Schoolcraft. What's up? Reuven Lerner is trying to connect. Uh, I guess the wire in the Atlantic Ocean got cut. Somebody ran it over or something. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv, and this week we have a special guest. And that's David J. Solar. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me. No problem. You want to introduce yourself really quickly? Sure. My name is uh, David J. Solar. I am the host of the Relationship Marketing and Sales Podcast. You can learn more about me at davidjsolar.com. And I am here to share and answer any questions that I can uh, that you guys want to ask. Awesome. Now, I know I know David because we're in the same mastermind group. And uh, so we talk twice a month. And um, he's helped me with quite a bit of marketing stuff. And uh, the thing that really kind of uh, got me excited about get you on, getting you on the call, besides your podcast, which is awesome, you've had some great guests too. I think my favorite is the one with uh, David Seitman Garland. Um, yeah, it was a blast. He, he's a guy that um, you know is just a real smart guy, on, online mediapreneur, and just a lot of great, helpful tips. So I'm glad you enjoyed it, and it's been a blast interviewing people like him. Yeah. So um, anyway. You you did something that was a little bit kind of outside the box that that got me thinking, and so I I thought we'd bring you on and and have you talk to us a little bit about some of the I guess less conventional things that you do. And what you did was you sent uh, thank you cards out to everybody in our mastermind group. And I have to say I don't usually get paper mail unless it's paper mail that says you owe us money. <laughs> so I, I thought that was interesting, and I was just wondering you know what other ideas or techniques or ways of coming up with things like that that. We, we could do in our freelancing businesses to uh, to kind of make a connection. Sure, definitely. Um, well, the thing the thing about it and the approach that I try and take when you say unconventional, really the approach that I try and take is is it's all about building relationships. When I first started out in my career, I was actually a computer consultant or a management consultant for Ernst & Young in Manhattan, and I was uh, working in the corporate world and didn't didn't like the corporate world, wanted to get out on my own and and basically quit the job, went and became uh, a mortgage loan officer and kind of built my way up there. And that's basically a sales position. And so there was two sides of it. One was the technical knowledge of trying to learn all about mortgages and real estate and buying and selling homes. The other is the the marketing and sales pro- uh, process, which you guys could probably relate to being uh, freelancers in that you have your expertise and your skill set in doing the job, but then you got to go and get customers and then you want to make your customers happy and do repeat business and refer you. And so it's always trying to figure out what's the dynamic and how we can bring two of those together so we can have what I call an enriching business where we're, we're able to really provide service to our clients and do the thing we love and really be good at it uh, on a technical side, but also have the you know money to, to feed our family and food with our meals kind of thing. So so it's always been trying to figure that out. And when I what I went through and decided was uh, it seemed like as I was going, I was doing like all the conventional stuff, the direct mail, uh, you know, telemarketing, all the things that people kind of out there teaching and, and, you know, yellow page ads, ads and all that kind of stuff. And it always seemed like I was chasing 
and chasing the customer. And as you got one customer, you got a good job, you were out trying to chase the next one. Or you got a bunch of customers, you got a bunch of work, but then all of a sudden, once that work dried up, you were back out trying to get another customer. And it just seemed like this this rat race or this hamster wheel, just you couldn't get a, any kind of stability. I don't know if you guys can relate to that or not, but I was uh, in that motion. I was like, man, when I get a referral, though, it was like, wow, that was just totally awesome. It was like, wow, that person came to me. They already liked me. They knew who I was. They respected me. They appreciated my work. And they were like, whatever the price is, it's not, I mean, as long as it's fair, they're not really going to price, you know, gouge me or, or beat me up on price. And so I was like, man, just having referrals, that's just so awesome. Well, how can I get more of those? And I started it uh, and went on a journey of trying to figure out. And I started reading books and asking people and just researching and testing all things out and putting stuff in place. And seeing how I can actually get people, uh, get all my customers to come by referral. So in other words, when I would show up in the office, uh, that day, people would be calling me saying they want to do business with me. They want me to, in that case, refinance their home or finance their new home. And so when I went and did that, I started learning that, hey, if you're going to do these things, these are the things you have to do. And so that's where partly all these different strategies that I came up with and developed was the reason was all about getting referrals. And the first thing that I learned about getting referrals is that you have to have relationships. You have to have business relationships in place. You have to have people that, what I call the core four, they're going to know you, they're going to like you, they're going to trust you, and you're going to add them value. And what I call, the, 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 the way I remember it is called, it's TLC plus V and it equals referrals and building relationships. So the T represents trust. And how often do we need to in our businesses know that people need to trust us when they trust us and they know that we're not going to take advantage of them. They kind of let their guard down and, and there's a relationship that starts forming. And whether it's with our spouse, with our significant other, or with a business relationship, another business partner, it comes down to building trust with that person, knowing that you're there to serve them and make their life better and help them add value to them. If you can't do it, then you can't do it and you move on, but you're not sitting there going to take advantage or take money from somebody um, because they're not, they don't know what's going on or you're just there to take money to make money. It's all about your gain and not about a mutual gain. So it's about knowing that you're there to, for everybody's mutual gain, not just your own. And when you start building that into the relationship, that's where, or into that business friendship or whatever, that relationship, that's where re referrals start coming from. The second thing that I've noticed that you need is credibility. You can have somebody that you trust, right? You can have a family member, hey, I really trust that person. I know they're going to do well, but they don't know what they're talking about. So I can't hire them. I'm not going to trust them with whatever my widget or wadget is. I'm building my widget or wadget because, you know, yeah, I like them. They're a good person. I trust them, but they don't know what they're doing. It's going to mess up. It's going to take forever. It should take a week. It might take, you know, I don't know how competent they are. So it's all about building competency also, knowing that they trust you, that they know you're going to treat them well, but also that you're competent in your field of expertise. The next thing explaining likability is that, yeah, you can, you can trust somebody and you know they're not going to kind of lie or cheat. You can know that they're really the best in the business, but they're just a jerk to work with. I mean, they're just awful. And you always hear that a lot of times with customers like, man, that guy is just awful. Yeah, it pays, but it was just awful to work with them. And so when you can start building likability, what I call likability, it goes from becoming somebody that you like all the way to loving them. Man, I just love working with them. I relate that to like a restaurant. And how often do we go to a restaurant and we go there and we have a great experience, great meal, great service, and you start advocating for them. And when you leave, you start calling, hey, man, I went to this restaurant. It was so good. And they treated me so well. And you start liking that that place, that that service, that business. And the more that you like that because you've built the trust credibility, the more they've liked you, the more they want to go out of their way to recommend you, which is referring you to other people. 
And the last one, the fourth option, the fourth cornerstone is, is value. And what that means is that people can trust you and know you're going to treat them well and, and you're going to be have integrity. They know that you're credible and you know what you're doing and they can really like you. But over sudden, you could be twice the, va- you know, twice the cost as somebody else. Now, there's a difference between price and value. And so I want to get into that. But before I do that, the idea with value is that if, if I take two people and I trust both of them, they're both very credible, they're both very good, and I like both of them, who am I going to go with? Well, the value, who's giving me the best, you know, bang for my buck kind of thing is going to go with here. So that's where value comes into it. That sometimes I have people come to me and I'm like, well, I do this, I do that. They know like me. And that they went with somebody else. Well, let's look at the value you're offering. Maybe the value's not there. And so when you, you do a, a marketing plan, when you do a business plan, and you have all four pieces of these in place with your client base, with your business referral partners, you're going to have it rain referrals. You're going to have people calling you left and right, just storming in with referrals that they're going to want you want to do business with you. They're going to love doing business with you. They're going to want to continue to do business and repeat business, and they're going to want to refer their friends and family to you. So with that in mind, that's where it came back to, well, how do you do that? Okay, David, it's all great and fine. It's you know deep stuff. I appreciate it. I didn't know that, or maybe I did know that. Well, how do I do that? Well, you got to go out and build relationships. You got to care for people. And one of the ways that I found to do that and I found it, found this from a mentor of mine is that by writing handwritten personal notes is a great way to connect with people. When I was, uh, uh, in grammar school and probably, you know, you guys are a lot of, uh, technical savvy guys and, and, but there was a time before they had all this uh, computers and iPhones and, and digital equipment. And we actually had to use pen and paper. Do you guys remember that? Uh, pen and paper. Is Boy, that, it's uh, been a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah paper's an iPad app, right? Yeah, so I'm dating, <laughs> I'm dating myself here for sure. But there was a time way back when I was like in eighth grade. And uh, maybe you guys can can relate to this. Maybe you can't. But I'm going to tell you, there was a time before computers and all that stuff where they didn't really have computers in the classroom. You didn't have phones, nothing like that. And you actually had to use pen and paper. And so how people used to, how the kids, you know, the the the, the 12-year-old girls and 14-year-old girls and boys, we, how we used to communicate was writing little notes to each other. And they used to call them love notes or what you're doing after school notes or what you're doing. And so instead of being able to text each other, you had to write a little note and scribble it down and kind of fold it up in little pieces and hand it over to each other. Yeah, I remember those. Check yes or no. <laughs> and so back when I was in grammar school, what I remember is these girls used to always do this stuff and used to write these long notes and used to say how bad the teacher was or whatever they wrote on these notes. Some of them weren't very nice. Well, the teacher would find them and the teacher would be upset and they would get up front and they'd say, okay, whenever they catch a note, somebody would note, they'd make them read it out loud, uh, get it in front of the classroom, read it out loud as a source of punishment for doing this behavior. So I just remember over and over seeing how when people would write a note and they would go up in front of the classroom and have to read it, whatever they said in that note, it was like a dagger, good or bad. Uh, if you said good stuff about people, it was like, wow, raving fan. You know, that person became a raving fan of yours. If you said something hurtful to them, you literally really hurt them. And it was just amazing the power that the pen and paper had and that the, in essence, taking that time and doing it and having that impact. Cause there's no denying. You can't say I didn't write it. it. They just caught you. You wrote it. You can't say I didn't mean that. What do you mean you wrote it? How did you not mean it? And so it eliminates a lot of the, when you hear say or do, Oh, I didn't mean it. Or I said it this way. It was misunderstood. It's, it's written there. It, there is no misunderstanding. It's right there written. And so what I found and I was learning from other people is that when you write down encouragement and kind words and, and greetings to people on pen and paper, it just has a lasting effect with them. It really impacts them on a deep level and, and especially on a positive level is when you give them positive encouragement. And, uh, and in an instance, it helps you build that relationship. It makes a connection. And there's no denying. If you say, hey, I really appreciate your work. I really admire 
this, this, and this about you, there's really no denying it. That person takes it as, wow, this person really admires me. Wow, this person went out of their way and said they really admire how I run my business. They admire how I lead my employees. They admire my professionalism. Whatever it is on a professional level that you write, that's like really impactful that I found. So that is one of the, one of the ways that I reach out to people to build relationships. There's nothing inauthentic. It's all authentic. It's stuff that I really mean and I respect and I appreciate and admire about people. I just choose to put it down on pen and paper, send them a little handwritten note saying, hey, this is what I admire about you. This is what was great about it, whatever that experience was. And I share it with them and it tends to build that relationship and build again that, that trust. Number one, it builds likability and it just builds a friendship. When you, when you start building friends out there in your business, it's great to do business with friends. And when you have friends, it just makes your life much better to do business and your business is more enriching when you're get to hang out and do work with all your friends. I mean, look at this show. You guys are all on here doing some great stuff and you're all pretty much friends. And when it, isn't it great just being, be able to work together with people you, you, you know, like and trust to sit here and provide value and, and help others. Isn't that a great experience? Yeah, it really is. And it, you know, not just the guys on the show, but all of my shows, it's, it's really awesome to be able to work with folks that, that in fact, they meet all of the criteria that you're talking about here. Yeah. And so when you can start developing those relationships with your clientele and building a community of people that know, like, and trust you and you're providing value to, wow, it's just like you're, you're playing all day long instead of actually what we feel commonly is working. We can change that, that dynamic and say, playing is working, that I'm out here doing the stuff with people that I, that like me, value me, and, and I get to, uh, benefit and, and provide value and support my family. So one thing that, that kind of came to mind while you were talking is, you know, you talk about uh, trust and credibility and likability and uh, value. And it seems that uh, for the most part, you know, the credibility and likability, uh, you, you can kind of build those pretty easily. I mean, the credibility, I mean, if somebody sees your work and it's something that they want, mm-hmm. then, you know, you gain credibility or, you know, the blog or the podcast obviously help with that. And with the uh, likability, I mean, people, you know, they listen to the shows or they, you know, they call you up and chat with you and, you know, you can, you can get a feel for whether or not you're going to work well together, but, you know, building that trust, it's, that's, that's the one that I really kind of struggle with a little bit. And it's not, it's not that I don't think I'm necessarily good at it, but you really don't know until you actually hire somebody and pay them to do something, whether or not, you know, they're, they're worthy of that trust. So, so how do you convince people that they can trust you? Especially when how many clients do you talk to that got burned by their last developer, right? Yeah. Like I hit that all the time where the last person had no idea what they were doing and I'm basically on a cleanup project for something that's terrible. Yeah, I'm about to pick one up, so. (laughs) Well, great, great question. And before I go into trust, number one, uh, which you guys probably, in your field of expertise, credibility is usually the easiest piece and for different businesses it's different. But because you guys are so knowledgeable and you're so technical, the credibility is, is a, is a quick piece that you guys say, Hey, it's not a big, it's not a big thing for us. We build that all the time. Likeability that you're seeing able to do, that's great too. And the other way for folks that want to quick, some quick advice on that is really just being more transparent, showing the fun side of you, keeping things a little more fun, being easy to work with, not being so confrontational or just a pain to work with, just being, you know, pleasant, a pleasant person, a pleasant business experience, things like that. But jumping over the trust. Now, what happens in trust is that it takes time to build trust that you can't tell somebody to trust you. Like if I go to you and say, hey, trust me. I mean, right there, people, the red flag goes, don't trust that guy. 
I mean, if someone, here's a quick thing. If someone says, trust me, don't trust that person because why would they say that trust is an inherent, it has to be built over time. And that's where the power referral comes in and why it's so important to build your marketing around referrals because when they're referred to you, the trust is there because they're coming to you from a reliable, trusting source. And so how you do that is by being a trusting person. Number one, uh, having integrity, always doing what's right for the customer, no matter what. Even if it costs you money, do what's right. There's always times when we make mistakes. And let me explain what I mean. Because there's always going to be times when we make mistakes. I mean, nobody's perfect. We're going to be in our job making whatever. In this case, you guys do some programming. You're going to make a mistake. And the question is, who's going to own up to it? Are you going to say, you know what? I made a mistake. I'm going to eat that cost. It's going to take me an extra day. It's going to take me an extra few hours. It's going to take me an extra week. But you know what? It was my fault. I'm going to fix it. And just so you know, that that's that's how I do my business. Um, you don't have to watch me that all the time I'm on. I have integrity. We're going to do what's best for you no matter what. I'm always going to be looking out for your your best benefit and do what I agreed to do and holding myself accountable to that. And people appreciate that. And there's a series that happens throughout when you're working with your current clients that you are building that trust. And people are going to say, hey, man, that's going to, that's going to hurt. That's going to cost them a lot of time or money, but he's still sticking to it. Wow. That's when people start saying, wow, that's different. Wow. That's somebody that you know, he, he's more about, he or she's more about doing what's right and taking care of that customer. That's where it is. So the, the, in essence, how you do and build trust is being the person they can always rely on doing, setting the expectations and then delivering on those expectations. If you say, for example, you're going to show up at eight o'clock, show up at eight o'clock. If you say you're going to work for eight hours, work for eight hours. I know in the podcasting realm and things like that, if you say you're going to put a show out every Thursday, put a show out every Thursday so people can know. And, and it's the little things that build trust. It's, it's the stacking of so many little things. If you say you bill for something, bill for it. Don't bill for anything more. Don't surprise people. You know, set your standard, you know, so and explain your expectations, both for you and your client, and then hold that accountable. And it's always when people aren't looking that you really need to do with the right thing. And, Remember, people are always looking. So even when it seems like people aren't looking, they are looking and they are noticing. They may not say it to you, but they are noticing and they are looking because they know. Everyone knows, oh, man, that that, that thing happened. Oh, that's going to mess up. What's going to happen? In fact, I had someone just the other day doing some graphics for me and they promised me something and it messed up. And most people say, well, it's going to take me more time. You know, you got to pay me some more. And, and he came back and said, you know what? I'm just here to make sure you're satisfied. And uh, I'm going to go back and redo it and do it this way and make sure you're satisfied. I'm like, wow, like, wow, that makes me want to refer him. That makes me say like, this guy stands up and believes in what he's doing. And wow, I want to, I would love to share him with other people. So, so those are the things I think that would, uh, a a few of the things that can help. Is that sound pretty good? Is you want some more things? How does that sound based on your experiences? That matches with what I've done. I had a client, my wife had a few minor or health issues that turned out to be minor, but I was really behind on a project. I just emailed the client yesterday and said, hey, this is what happened. I haven't really started. I can give you your money back or we can keep going. It's totally up to you. And he came back, said, no, you're wonderful. Let's keep going. Because I, I don't know, took that step to say, this is, you know, here's the problems. I have to review it. I'm not charging you for the extra time. We're still on the original billing cycles or I can just give you your money back. Great, great example and a great demonstration of it, uh, without a doubt, because you, you say, hey, there's a problem. It's out of my control. Something happened, but what can I do? Should I just pretend like it didn't happen? The guy, the, the customer knows something's going on. So by you going back and communicating, hey, this is what's going on. I'm not perfect, but here's the option. You can get your money back and, or you can work with me. And here they are. Yeah, this is great. Now he's thinking, wow, that's just, this guy really is looking out for my interest. He's 
really cares. He wants the, what's best. It's not just in his best interest, but what's in my best interest. Cause he knew and realized that when you went back to him, you're literally could lose that business. There was a risk of you going back to him, giving him that option. And he realized that. And that's what makes it a wow thing because in real, in real life, he could have easily said, no, I'm going with someone else. See you later. And you lost that job in this case, but doing the right thing. And sometimes you will lose that job because of just how life is. But overall, you'll get rewarded more for integrity. There's less people within, there, there's less and less people that work and build their business on integrity. And so just by doing that helps you stand out from, from your competition. Yeah. I, I ran into the same issue that uh, Curtis had, except it was my health issues and not my wife's. And, um, I went to the client, did the same thing and they actually went somewhere else. So, you know, they, and it was basically, they, they basically said, look, we're going to bring this back in house cause we have to get it done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which is fine. I mean, they run a business, right? Yeah. And if he said, Hey, we just have to get this done. And, and I said, you know, here's the issue. We're behind by a week and here's why. And, but I'm like, I have this afternoon. If you want to go ahead, I have this afternoon and I'll get this much done this afternoon so we can move forward in the rest of the week. Yeah. But yeah, I, I honestly, I was totally, when I sent it out, I had kind of been avoiding it since Friday and I was nervous when I sent it. And, and I find 90% of the time it, you know, you're nervous when you send them. And then when you get them, no matter what the answer is, it's just the weight or release relief. Yeah. And not, not every time will you get what you want, which is they'll stay with you. But the idea is that you are working with integrity is going to help. It's going to, people will find out about that. Number one, number two, it solidifies it within yourself. You start becoming congruent saying that, yeah, I'm, I respect myself for doing that. And yeah, it hurts, but I'm keeping that high level of integrity. And that's what I'm about. And now when you go and present that with another customer or you're building relationships and you have no problem and you're very congruent saying, yeah, I hold my standards very high or whatever the case may be. And, you know, I'm here looking out for our mutual interest, not just mine. And and that comes across and people can sense that. Yeah, I, I had something like that a few months ago where someone who was working for me, actually, not like not me personally, but someone who was working for me on my team, put together, did some work that was just embarrassingly bad. It was just really horribly, ridiculously bad. And I called the client and I said, I'm telling you straight out. This is embarrassing. This is bad. This is not up to the standards that I hold myself to. And I said, and there are basically two things that I can, <laughs> that I, that I have to work with in this field. I have my time and I have my reputation. And this bad work has burned me on both sides. Now he didn't stay with me. Um, he went to someone else, but he was willing to at least pay me, uh, for the work that we had done or the decent work that we had done. And he said he really, uh, appreciated the integrity and really appreciated the, the call and the honesty. And, as I said, the, like that's that's basically what I have to work with, and I'm I expect that at some point in the future, maybe six months, maybe a year, maybe two years from now, um, I will get a call from someone who said, "Yeah, I spoke to this guy, and he said I should talk to you." It will happen, and even not, you know, in your heart that that's how you are, and by having that standard, people notice that. And for some people, they don't want that standard; they just want you to give them the cheapest price, and that's fine. Let them go. But for the other people that really respect and appreciate that, which are most people, they will be willing to pay more, and they'll go out of their way, and they'll wait for you. For when you're ready, like so there'll be times when you're, hey, I'm too busy for a few weeks here. I'm not going to get to your project the next week. They're going to say, you know what? I'll wait. I want to work with you. And, but not all the times because it depends. Like you said, they have their business, they have deadlines, but for the most part, people will say, you know what? I can go with this other guy that I don't trust and see what happens, like playing roulette here, or I can wait the three weeks. Yeah, it's a little delay, but I'm getting the person that I want to do the work that I can trust that I'll know it'll get taken care of. And then you know, you'll start seeing that happen. Um, and you'll start seeing it, but it does take time. It's just like building a relationship, you know, with a spouse when, you know, or a significant other, when you're going down that path, it takes time. You get, it just takes time to keep doing that and, and showing that reputation 
is, is basically what it is. It's building that reputation that this is how you do business. This is who you are. This is what you're about. And it just takes time. And there is times where you got to make tough decisions. And it is times where it's going to hurt your pocket to make that tough decision. But it's about being consistent. And that's going to build that trust long term. So we, we've talked about, you know, being consistent, having integrity. And we've talked about, you know, maybe some of the things that we can do that are sort of unexpected or outside the box. Are there any other things that you do that, you know, besides the handwritten notes that are kind of unexpected that people get or see that they really don't expect to get or see from somebody in your position? For sure. And I purposely plan that out. So when you sit down and you develop your marketing plan or you add it, you're you're trying to build your marketing plan, you want to specifically put things in that are going to wow people. And you have to sit down and think like, what would really wow somebody? What's different about me? What am I going to do in my business that's going to be different? Uh, so for example, you guys are in freelance doing programming stuff. When you first get a, an offer, uh, I guess a contract or however you guys do it in your industry, I'm assuming you get a contract, but you get a job, you get a gig. What happens next for every client? Do you, en- do you end up sending them a personal note? Do you end up sending them a little thank you basket? Do you end up sending them a little something? Something that can say, wow, like, hey, wow, I just gave this guy some business or this person some business. Wow, they got something. What can you do for them? What can you add value? What constantly looking at that and what you want to do too is also add um to the the those four things like not only add value add wow but add trust do things in a trusting way build credibility so i'll give you an example for for a lot of people um what's very good is to actually be delivering stuff there's a a process i call before during and after and so the before process is going to be more of when you're building the relationship you're not working with them yet the during is during the transaction, like so during when you start working for them for that particular project till you're completed. And then from the after is from that completion date all the way to the, to hopefully they use you again or refer you. And you want to have different things going on. So you're, you're, you're constantly cultivating your relationships and building those relationships to ask for and get referrals. Now people don't automatically go out and refer. If you just do these things, people will refer you. But there's a, a, a key thing that you have to kind of ask and remind people. We're all busy doing our own thing. We're all busy with life. We all have our own families. We have our own problems. We all have our own situations. We have our own goals. And so the last thing that we're doing is always, unfortunately, is thinking about everybody else. I, I mean, I try to do it. I think a lot of people try to do that. But we're always dealing with our own personal issues or personal goals and things like that. So the idea from a business standpoint that we want to do is how do we constantly stay in front of mind of, of our clients and business referrals and business partners? And so how can we add value and things like that? So some of the things could be sending it out um, some some information to them in a way that's credible. So you send out some expertise information that builds your expertise, maybe some fun stuff to just keeps people liking you. Uh, there's different ways to do it. There's not a one way to do it. There's a, many different ways depending on your personality. But the idea is to be consistently doing stuff. So to give you a specific answer, what we can do is um, uh, I know when I was in the mortgage business, the things that I used to do was uh, send out something, uh, an item of value once every two weeks. What I call it an item of value because we don't want to say, oh, it's a letter, it's this. It's something that's valuable to the client, whether it's building some expertise in the area or sharing your expertise with them. It's sharing some, some something personal about yourself. So, for example, when I was in the mortgage industry, maybe it was something like, um, here's 10 things of how to fire, uh, let's say, um, insulate, not insulate, but, but lower your uh, utility bills, right? Like doing things around the house that, that's, that reduces your, your utility bills. So it's like, wow, okay, that's pretty helpful. That's pretty valuable. And it's not pitching them on, oh, do a loan. It's just helping them with all things real estate, anything to do with their home. 
I would maybe send them an interview on the all the ins and outs of a homeowner's policy. So I'd go and I'd interview the the insurance agent that I refer refer to, and they refer back to me. And I would interview them and say, okay, tell me all the ins and outs of the homeowner's policy and what's important about that, and what are the biggest mistakes people make with their homeowner's policy. And what have you seen? And then they start sharing, just interviewing, giving that information. Now I send that audio to the people, to my client base. And I'm like, wow, this is great. I didn't realize that I got to get with my insurance agent. I got to call this person and get myself a quote. Or I got to realize that flood insurance, if I, my house gets flooded or something like that, it's not going to be covered. I need to get a separate little addendum or something like that for it. And so it's like little things like that that have nothing to do with like just me pitching them what, hey, do a loan with me. It's just doing things that they're saying, wow, this guy really knows. He cares that he's sending this other stuff. He knows. And it's building that relationship. I would also share stuff with the family. Hey, we went to such and such. Uh, I went with my daughters and we went to, you know, somewhere for vacation and have a little picture and, and three things that I really found great about Disney World, let's say, and have a picture of me and the kids and the family at Disney World. And so now they're able to relate with me directly. Hey, they got kids. They have kids. Hey, great. Now when they see me, it's like, hey, how was Disney World? I saw your thing. It was so great. It was so awesome. I remember when I went to Disney World or even when their kids were 20 years ago when I went or we want to go or it's like their kids are little. We want to go in the next five years. It's conversation starters that helps build that relationship. And so most people are not doing that. And that's what I would encourage you and your, your fan base to do. What can you do to start incur, you know, building relationships that A, doesn't take up a lot of your time. And it doesn't take up a lot of your money, but it shows that you care and you could put it on a system that automatically goes on. So you could say, okay, for the next 12 months, what am I going to do? And you set up like an editorial calendar or an item of value calendar where you say, okay, every two weeks, I'm going to put out something. What can I do? Like you guys, we have this podcast here that you're adding a lot of value to your community. You know, what else can be done? Can we send out a personal note? Can we make a phone call and just check in with people? Not to pitch them on, hey, you have a job for me, but hey, just check in. How's things going? How's your business going? Uh, with the guys, for example, that you brought up the uh, scenarios early on where um, he really appreciated, but he had to move on because he couldn't wait. Hey, follow up with a month. Hey, just checking in with you. Had did that project get done? Everything work out good. I'm so glad it did. Or if it didn't, hey, I'm still here to help you. I'd love to fix it for you because I couldn't take care of it at that time. But now I'm able to let me get it, get in there and help you out and get it resolved and get it, get it working again. Or if it's already resolved, hey, great. I'm glad it worked out because my most important thing was seeing you get your uh, need or your want or whatever it is that they want to build complete and fixed. And remember if any, um, you know, obviously life happens, but I'm still here to serve you. If there's anything I could do in the future, let me know. The last thing to do is to always ask. So like in that case, when you are interacting with your client base to ask them, Hey, this is the thing, you know, my business is built on referrals. I'm going to be out here. I'm going to be working hard. I'm going to be programming. I'm going to be doing the projects that you want me to do. And I'm going to be here serving you, which means I have less time to market my business. And, and so I really depend on having my clients that that know, like, and trust me and that I'm really serving and doing everything I can for, that you're going to come across people that need my services. And all I'm going to, can you, I just want to earn the right or earn that respect that you would refer me. I'd love for you to refer me to other people that you know. And I know it may take a little time, but that's what I'm working for. I'm going to do all these extra things. I'm going to be working hard here for you. And I just want you to know that I need your referrals, that that's what thrives my business. That's what makes my business go. That's what helps me and keeps me going. So I want you to know that I'm going to be working hard here for you, serving you, but I want you to know that your referrals, you matter to me, your business matters to me, and your referrals matter to me. So if you find that you want to help me out anyway, you know, sending me other people that would uh, benefit by and using my, that would want to use my, my services, uh, you know, please send them my way. Thank you so much. Now, every time you do something, you correspond with somebody, you do that, you send them a personal note. Hey, it was great working with you. And remember, I'd love to, uh, I'm always here for you. If you want to, you know, you, you want to ask those questions and correspond with people, you throw a client party. 
even if you did an online consulting session, you gave out a free consulting session and you bring 10 people on to ask you to, uh, questions uh, or 10 potential clients to ask questions, you, know, you, you serve them and you help them. You say, hey, listen, this is what I do. I do this on a monthly basis. I bring people on, ask questions. I answer their questions. And, you know, the idea is that when you guys can use my services, I'd really appreciate to use me. And also very importantly is that you're going to know other people that can use my services. I please refer them my way. That's what keeps my business going. That's what I need to uh, stay in business. I like it. And there's a lot there that, that you can kind of, uh, you know, pull apart and, and, and put, put back together in your own marketing funnel. Definitely. Now, depending on the audience, I'm assuming like a lot of your audience, you guys are freelancers, you're programmers, you're sitting at behind the desk and in the computer, in front of the computer many hours a day. It's very hard probably to get out and meet people. And so the biggest thing probably to do is to get out and meet people, get away from your desk, go and meet your clients. Now, if you're traveling so far as your clients are all over the world, all over the country, so you just can't get out and go across town. Now, for a lot of people, they can literally go across town and meet with their client. And it's not like you had to go hang out with them, take them out to lunch and get to know them that way. Schedule a lunch once or twice a week with different clients. Go out and just stop by. Do like a stop by. Stop by. Hey, just checking in with you. Drop off a little item. It could even be a candy bar. Here, something to sweeten your day. Just want to let you know I appreciate your business. Thanks so much. If, if anything I could do for you, let me know. I know you're busy. I'm not going to stay long. I just wanted to drop by and let you know that I appreciate your business and move on. Go to the next one. And people are going to be like, wow, that's different. Wow, that guy, he, I really matter to that guy. Like he's, it's really important. Wow. And you start making and building that that relationship with people, uh, that happens. Now, that's a little tougher when you're across the, the country. And so that's where personal notes come in. And you 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 brought that in earlier where, wow, you always, people always get bills, but they never really get too many nice things in the mail. And the biggest thing when you do a lot of marketing research right now is that everybody's getting crammed with junk emails, like, you know, being pitched on emails. So 10 years ago, it was opposite. We were getting jammed with uh, junk mail in the mail. So no one wanted to go to the mailbox. There was so much junk mail. And so when someone would send them an email, they would be like, oh, I got an email. And they're running to read it and everything else. And they couldn't wait to get another email. Well, here we are today. We're, we're getting hundreds and hundreds of emails a day probably and just getting crushed with email that most people are like, oh, not another email. They got like five different email addresses to hide themselves and protect themselves from all the junk email. And so now when you can actually send somebody a letter and it'll get right through to them because people go to the, the mailbox and actually read the mail once again and check it out because a lot of the junk mail has stopped because most people are doing it online now. And so the, the mail has stopped so far as a lot of junk mail. And like I said, so sending a personal note will get through. I, it has helped me tremendously with reaching out to people that I thought were unreachable and building relationships with people that were either celebrities or power celebrities in that, in the niche I'm in, whatever niche it was, and just reaching out and getting through to them. And when you, I found that people, no matter who we are, how much money we have, what walk of life we come from, what part of the world we're from, there's two things that, that we all really need, want, desire, and we're, there's a lack of it out there. And one is appreciation. So having, giving people appreciation, just saying, Hey, thanks so much. I mean, it's just a big deal. I mean, we're such an underappreciated society and world that, that there's so many good things happening, but we're so failing to recognize that and recognize that with others. That to me, if you just go around saying, Hey, you know what? Thanks so much for whatever you do. Like specifically tell them what they do. Don't just say whatever you do, but thanks for doing this or thanks for doing that. I mean, that's a big deal. The other thing is encouragement. I mean, we're such so lacking encouragement, just saying, Hey, you know what? Life's tough for everybody. We're all going through tough things, tough times, tough situations. And we don't even know about it. People, a lot of times, you know, we're, we're just trying to put on our, you know, do the best we can, what we have. 
that we don't even share a lot of times what we're going through. And you just never know who you meet and what they're going through. So just to encourage people and say, man, you're doing a good job. Keep up the good work. Wow. You know, this is really good. Keep up the good work. Those two things, encouragement and appreciation will take, I think, anybody anywhere they want to go because we are all, and it doesn't matter how much money they're making, how famous they are, anything like that. You give people those two gifts of appreciation and encouragement you will be able to build relationships with people, especially, I mean, you have to do it authentically. You can't just throw it as fluff and and things like that. People see through that. But when you authentically look for things that you can encourage people for, if you can, you know, be appreciative of things, that will take you to high levels. That's that's crazy. <laughs> just, just listening to it is just, you know, for me, I'm just like, whoa, there's a lot of that that I could have done that I think would have paid off. And there's a lot of that that I could be doing that I just don't. And, uh, most of the time it's, it goes back to what you said before. I mean, most of us are just kind of caught up in our own thing. We're all focused on, you know, getting, keeping our business running, doing, um, doing whatever it is that we're doing. And we don't really think about other people and building those relationships is really, you know, that that's, what's going to make the difference. And honestly, what, what really came to mind, there was a, a fellow out here that uh, worked for Adobe when they got acquired by, um, Omniture or Omniture got acquired by Adobe. And he was pretty high up in the company, and I'm pretty sure he came out of it with a fair bit of money. And, uh, you know, he, he talked to me and he talked to a few other people and he, you know, he did decide to go with somebody else who was a little bit less expensive per hour. And that's, you know, that's fine. If, if the price is the clincher, then that's fine. You know, um, you, I, I'm pretty well convinced you get, you get what you pay for either way. But anyway, um, at the same time, his product was really, really interesting. And I realized that even though I didn't, I wasn't the one that got hired, I could still build that relationship and probably get referrals from him, even though I never actually worked with him. A great point. That is exactly right. Sometimes when you don't get the business, you actually get the relationship, which is more important. And how you interact with people, especially after they may not give you the business, tells you, tells them more about you. I can tell you there were several times when I was in the mortgage industry. And I'm sharing these stories because I think your audience can relate directly more because it was kind of professional and professional. And somebody would come, well, I'm going to go with somebody else because they had a better price. Okay, sir. Well, I'm still here to serve you. I want you to know that I, I feel that my, my price is fair and valuable for what your case is. And I actually think that sometimes other people drop their prices just to get the deal and then they end up not being able to get it done. So if that ever, you know, I'd like to stay in touch with you. If that's possible, I'll follow up you in a few weeks or a month and see how it's going just to see if I can help out. And if everything's going great, good, I'm happy for you. If not, I'd still be here to serve you. I just want you to know that. And sure enough, <clears throat> a couple of weeks would happen. Sometimes they didn't, the deal would fall through and, uh, and, and they would be like, yeah, I can't believe this guy wasn't as what he, he you know, it was all fluff and smoke and mirrors kind of thing. And yeah, I definitely want to use you and I'd get the business. And, and sometimes it was, no, they, the guy did a good job for whatever reason. They just dropped their price and they did a good job and they got the work done. And, and at the end of the day, hey, good, because if I'm focused on that client, no matter what, if I'm focused on that client, I should be happy. If they went and got the same deal and got a better price, well, gay, good for you. Congratulations. Best wishes. If I can ever do something in the future, great. But at the end of the day, it shows that I was truly interested in him, not just about the deal. Mm-hmm. Where most people end up where if they don't get the deal, you know what? You know, for lack of a better term, screw you. I don't care about you anymore. Well, how can you say to somebody you really care about them, but if they don't do business with you, screw you. Well, then you don't really care about them. You know, yeah, I'm disappointed I didn't get the sale, but I still want you to get whatever that problem is resolved and help. And, and, and if, if someone else does it better, great. I mean, obviously it's going to, it doesn't help me, but, but it helps you and, and I'm happy for you. And so then that's where we have to come back and look at, well, are our prices too high? 
is somebody just di- discounting it for one reason or are we not adding value? So this comes back to that value question, not price, but value. So if I'm charging $100 an hour, for example, what am I doing that's worth more than the person charging $50 an hour? It's not that, oh, he's just being cheaper. Well, wait a minute. If he's doing the same services and he's providing the same value, and what I mean by that is let's say you're doing a program and it's going to take you 30 minutes to do. It's going to take another guy two hours to do. You're charging $100 an hour. Or he's charging $50 an hour. When we run the math, technically, he's going to end up being billed, the, the customer is going to be billed $100 for that person to come up with that specific program. If you do it, even though you're charging $100 an hour, you're going to get it done in 30 minutes. Your customer is only going to get bill you 50 bucks. So he's going to, so it's going to, even though you're charging more per hour because you're a professional, you're adding more value, you're able to get things done faster because you're smarter, better, whatever the case may be, it's going to save the customer that more money. So technically, the value is with you. Even though your price is higher, the value is with you and they should go with you. Now, you, as a freelancer, as a business owner, you need to be able to share that with people and explain those things to them and, and understand coming from that position, what is your value? If And you need to explain that from a situation as if I'm the buyer, me personally, David Solar, here on the show, here with you guys, talking to you right now. If I come to you and I say, listen, I need this program built, how much are you going to cost? How much is it going to cost me? Well, ultimately, that's that's the first thing, price. If I don't know anything about you, the first thing I have to do is price. And and that's what we want to avoid that referrals. We want to know, can I trust you? How long is it going to take? Are you going to do what you say? Because like we talked about earlier, well, if they don't have those other things, the only thing they can go off of in comparing you to other people is price. So the idea is to get the other things in place. Well, how do you do that? You build the trust, the likability, you get referrals, you ask for referrals, you go through referrals, you give references. So you're saying, here, here are 10. So if you don't know somebody and like, I don't know you personally coming in, not, not you, Chuck, but let's say a programmer, well, what can you do? Well, here, here's some references. Call some customers that, that I've done work with. So you know that what kind of work that I do. Here's some demonstrations. Here's some look at some of my fit work or programs that I've done. If that's the case or demonstrating some stuff that I've already done, you know, putting stuff out there is adding value. Here's a guarantee. If I can't deliver, I'll give you your money back or something of, of that sense, or I guarantee I will deliver this, this, and this, or you don't pay. You start adding those things. That's all very valuable. And when you start adding all this extra value, maybe bonuses, maybe some written work, maybe some audio, depending on who your clientele is, maybe they can benefit from information. If you're just a service where you're doing it for them, you just got to kind of think outside the box and figure out what could be valuable. Maybe it's referring them to some other businesses. Maybe it's getting them some other stuff. But whatever that value, you just start adding that up. And at the end of the day, if your value is there, they will pay for it. Now, there are going to be some people that the bottom line is price. They, if they only have $50 to work with, it doesn't matter how much uh, value you have. So in other words, if I have $10,000 to buy a car, I don't care how great the Ferrari t- Testarossa is. There's no way I could spend $250,000 if I only have ten grand. I just can't do it. I can't get a loan. There's no way. So I don't care what that sales guy does. I don't care how much he likes me, loves me, serves me. There's no way I can buy. I just can't afford it. I'm not in his marketplace. I'm not in his target market. I'm not the customer for him. But however, if, if I can afford a Ferrari Testarossa and I'm in that marketplace and I'm searching sports cars, well, now it's up to that sales guy to identify what's going to make his sports car more valuable than the other sports car, the Porsche or whatever, the BMW, whatever the other one that kind of compares with it. Why should I go with his car versus the other person? And so that's where it's identifying what's more valuable. I know a car salesman, what he does is he gives out free car washes. He gives referrals to detailers. Uh, he gives referrals to oil changes, not referrals, but free um, free things. Hey, when you jo- buy a car from him, anytime you have a problem with your car, you need to qu- you call him and he'll hook you up with whoever you need to do. You have a problem with a mechanic, you get your mechanic. You need a car detail, he calls you and he gets you the, the detail to your house to clean your car or to your workplace. 
you know, those types of things that you're like, wow, that's really good. What sales guy is doing that? Not many. That's why he's the top sales guy because he's serving his clients more than just getting a transaction from them. He's adding all these other things. Now, what does it really cost him? Not much because he builds these relationships. He actually refers these guys get more business. So he takes car detailers, mechanics, uh, the oil change guys like Jiffy Lubes and things like that, the car wash places, all those types of people. And now he sends them business. So it makes him more valuable to them, which now they want to refer more people to him because he's referring to them and it starts this positive spiral. And so when you do that, it doesn't cost him anything. It's just knowing the right people and getting those people in touch. But to me, as a business owner, I'm busy, but I got my car over sudden, man, I got to get this thing um, oil changed or I got a, um, something, the engine light came on. I don't know what it is. I don't got time. Who can I call Who that I know, like, and trust? Well, I'm going to call my buddy, George. George, who can I talk to? He's going to give me this guy. I go there. The guy handles it, gets me a good price. I know I trust. Everything is good. And, uh, and it ends up being a great experience for me and I move on with no headaches. And so that's where the, a lot of the value comes in too, not just in price. And when you stop thinking about price and start looking at the overall value picture and what you can also add value to your clients, it's not just the, the actual transaction itself. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, we're running pretty close to our time here. Um, are there any other pearls of wisdom that you can share with us before we wrap this up? understand the mentality, the mindset of it. So instead of just giving, uh, teaching you, you know, instead of just giving you a fish, I'm trying to teach you how to fish here from the old saying, you know, and w- what we're trying to do is understand that, hey, when you go out and you serve other people and you care about them, in turn, they will t- return that favor and serve and care, care for you back. And the way I kind of look at it is you can go out and you can scavenge the land. It can, it, let's say a, a referral or your customer is a piece of fruit. You can go out and scavenge the land and hunt acres all day long trying to find some fruit and berries. Or you can turn around and start growing your own orchard, plant your seeds, fertilize, water it, and grow it. And it does take some time. It does take some energy. But in a few years, you know, and in the case of a fruit orchard, five years it takes for an apple tree to start giving fruit. But after that, year after year after year, it's going to get bigger and give more and more fruit and then more and more fruit trees. And you're going to have a whole orchard with more fruit than you know what to do with. And that's where you start growing your business, bringing on more people, bringing on, you know, as big as you want to go and knowing that all those customers love you and respect you and want to do business with you and continue to stay loyal to you. And that's the key is to change your mindset from going out and chasing a customer to attracting a customer. What's going to make a customer want to do business with you? Why are you different? Become friends with them. How do you become friends with them? What can you do to add extra value to them? And how do you use the tools out there to do that? So, for example, a telephone. I could use a telephone to call you and pitch you on why you should buy my product. Or I can use that same telephone to call you and say, hey, how's life going? How's things going? And listen and see how their life is going and see what's going on in their business and see what they need in their business. And when you help them get what they need, they will become loyal fan customers. Even if it has nothing to do with your business, they will then turn around and give you business because and find you people because you've helped them and you've solved their problems. So it's not always about just solving the problem for your expertise, but just solving people's problems. They will return in return, want to help you and, and, you know, get you more business and help you succeed as well. Awesome. All right. Well, um, we're just about out of time, so I'm going to go ahead and push this over to the picks and we'll make Curtis start us off with the picks. All right. So I've got Two, the first one is going to be a book, which I haven't read, but I've heard a ton uh, from the author in interviews and stuff. And it's called Thou Shall Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. And it talks a lot about, I guess, now because we've served someone and given them value, they give us money back. And money is not a bad thing. So that 
really interesting every talk I've heard. And the second one would be the Lata buttons, which is a flat UI that puts the uh, just puts your Ajax response or your your form response right in the button as opposed to somewhere else on your page. Nice. All right, Eric, what are your picks? All right, so my pick today is uh, freelancing rules of thumb. It's a blog post. There's what is it? Ten, I think. Yeah, there's ten rules of thumb. Some of them are, you know, standard advice you hear all the time, but there's a couple of little jokes spaced in there. It's pretty interesting. Um, but I just came across this past week and thought it was a good, funny read. All right. Jeff, what are your picks? Uh, so my, I have two, and they're both WWDC related for the iOS nerds out there. Um, one is the videos. If you're, if you have a developer account or you want to spend the hundred bucks for a developer account, Apple's releasing. Uh, videos from WWDC every day starting yesterday, or maybe starting today. They have the keynote and a couple other videos out. But every day they're going to release videos from WWDC if you didn't make the 71-second sellout time. Uh, so that's pick one. Pick two is a new Mac Pro, just because it's the new Mac Pro. And that's my picks. I have the old Mac Pro. I want the new Mac Pro. Yeah, I have the, I have the old Mac Pro. I think you could shove four of them in the space that my old one takes up. Yep. A lot smaller. Reuven, what are your picks? All right. I got two picks this week. Uh, the first is I was uh, debugging some web apps over the last few days, last week or two, and I needed to make all sorts of HTTP requests. And I found this great little library written in Python, or actually it's not even a library. It's a, um, it's a command line tool called HTTPy, which is, a, as they say, HTTP requests for humans. And uh, the idea is basically it does the same stuff as curl, but makes it way, way easier to do that for passing parameters and looking at the results. Uh, the second thing is I do a heck of a lot of uh, lecturing and teaching, and one of the companies that I teach through always wants to print out my slides for the people I'm teaching for. I've tried convincing them that programmers actually don't want them printed out. They just are okay with the PDFs, but go figure. Anyway, I use the, uh, the, the keynote sort of default of white text on black background, and so the first time I sent them the PDFs of my slides, they called me up a little upset because I was going to, like, use up all their toner in one set of slides. So ever since I've been reversing my slides and reversing them back, it's kind of annoying. So this week I found a recipe, and this might be a small thing, but a recipe for reversing it using image magic so I don't have to actually go in and reverse my slides. I can just print them to PDF and uh, make them white on black, or I guess black and white, and uh, everyone can rest happily that way. Anyway, that's it for me. Nice. All right, so my picks this week, my, my uh, first and only pick... Um, is the book Explore It by Elizabeth Hendrickson. I've been reading it for the Ruby Rogues Book Club and really, really been enjoying it. So uh, that's my pick. And uh, David, do you have some picks for us? Sure. I'd like to recommend a book called The Compound Effect. And uh, it's by Darren Hardy. And uh, the, the awesome thing about it is just ultimately what we're talking about. In, in this case, we're talking about marketing. But in his case, he's talking about just high performance, how the little things compounded over time uh, just generate tremendous success principle, you know, tremendous success in your life, whether it's your health, your, your business or whatever. So highly recommend that book. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. Uh, thanks for coming, David. Terrific. Thanks. episode. Thanks for having me. And, uh, if, if anybody wants to reach out to me, they can reach me at DJS at davidjsolar.com or they can uh, check out some of the other episodes. If they like some of the information, I have plenty of other episodes. I think you mentioned the podcast earlier and, uh, great stuff that they can uh, interviews like you mentioned that I've done with other folks and just real good stuff I think could help your audience all right yeah I think so too so yeah go check out his show it's really good you've got what 10 episodes now 
Uh, I think 13, 13. Yeah, moving along. All right. Well, thanks so much for having me here. Good luck for you all that uh, you know, keep, keep doing the good stuff that you're doing. It was a real uh, honor to be here. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Catch you all next week. Later. Ciao. Thank Bye, you. everyone.